everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of the season. I'm so happy to be back and catching up. This week, we're tackling issues surrounding COVID-19 and food. It's no secret that this pandemic has left financial crisis in our country and all over the world. In that vein, unemployment is at an all-time high. And with that comes the inability to secure medication, shelter, and of course, food. Many communities have stepped up and created projects such as the community fridges where food donations are encouraged and those in need have a place to pick up provisions for themselves and their families. But there are many questions surrounding these fridges and here to answer some of them is Elena. Elena and I met at the CUNY Graduate Center MA program for the digital humanities. We've taken a few classes together and currently Elena is working on a digital humanities project all about these community fridges. Elena, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So Elena, before we begin, you are a new guest here at Mixing It Up with Maggie. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Elena. I come from Italy. I'm a half Italian and half Lebanese. I moved to New York in 2014, and now I'm a master's degree student uh, at CUNY Graduate Center. I'm in the Digital Humanities program with Maggie. And uh, now I'm also the Neighborhood Stories Project Coordinator for the Department of Records and Information Services of New York City. That's amazing. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got into this project, because I remember when you first proposed it, even though I know that people have heard of it through different media, what made you say, mm, yeah, this would be a good thing to explore, a good project to ex explore? Around this time last year, when we started lockdown, a group, a work group at CUNY started to employ geospatial technology to face some of the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. I joined the food research group because food issues are one of my passions. And so with my team, over the course of six months, we created an interactive map to put food pantries in contact with farms that are overproducing food. So as a way to fight both limited access to, to food and food waste. So out of that project, uh, one of my teammates started the Astoria Fridge. And so through her, I learned about this beautiful project and I got more and more curious about community fridges. And with my humanities mindset, I had uh, an intuition that this was a revolutionary thing for the city because it's never existed before and it really fills a need that um, was really present even before the COVID-19 pandemic and then became a real emergency uh, when a lot of people lost their jobs, for example, in the restaurant industry. The New York City Community Fridge Archive starts as an archive, so as a way to preserve the memory of what is happening right now, because the first community fridge was funded in Brooklyn at the beginning of the pandemic, but now there are over 80 of them in the New York City metropolitan area. They are managed by local communities and organizers and by mutual aid organizations, so they are very local. The fact that they are very local uh, is also a challenge because where there isn't any central organization, um, it's kind of hard to get information about all of them as a whole. So um, my friend Ember from the Astoria Fridge created a map of community fridges, and she was very nice to share um, the data with, with my working group so that we can create the archive based on the data to have the most comprehensive information. The goal of the archive is to give people a platform 
to see all of the fridges and to get quick information about each of them. Also, as far as their social media handles are concerned or their Venmo profile so that they can donate right away. And also at the same time, we want to collect stories about the fridges. We want to collect memories, uh, um, photos. And I'm also starting an oral history project for uh, people that might want to be interviewed and share their stories, preserve it for the long run. The way I found out about community fridges was on the, it was on the news. It was on the news that there were these fridges that, that were available, that people were putting out food for others. And one of the things that struck me the most was that they were works of art. Some of them were really nicely painted. They had graphics. They had um, some sort of uh, design maybe that represents the community or the organization. So I was curious about it because I was like, this is not just a community fridge and people can come and get the food, which is amazing, but the actual item or the object becomes a work of art. Um, have you noticed that in the in the fridges and have you had any chance to interview or at least find out a little bit more about that artistic part of the fridges? Yes, yeah, so actually one of the reasons that that um, made me think about creating the archive was seeing all the amazing art on the fridges because some of them are just incredible. Uh, local artists and illustrators decorate them to make them more attractive and more inviting for the community. And also local organizations have really express all of their creativity and their practicality, for example, building structures around the fridges for inclement weather and organizing events around food distributions. I think that this is not only a, a, an issue with food, it's the fact that the community felt the need to come together in a moment of crisis to help each other, not only with, with nutrition and food, but also with community, with organizing events that bring people together in a time of isolation, like when we went into lockdown. So how did people from the community find out like, oh, this is a fridge and I can get food from here, but I can also donate food here. Did they, do you know if they organize like events or they put out flyers? How, how do they outreach for people to know that there was um, fridges there for them? So each fridge is organized by one local community and each community has their own ways of organizing. Some of them have events, fundraisers, uh, information sessions. Uh, many of them have websites and I think most of them have a very good social media presence. Most of the information and the updates can actually be found on social media. Uh, and I also think that the fact that the fridges are so attractive, they create a curiosity and people are drawn in. So, for example, when I started seeing um, images of fridges on my Instagram, I started looking for the artist tags and I started following and supporting those artists. It's it's a beautiful, positive cycle. We live in a real world and as beautiful as these fridges are and the compassion that comes out of the community, how beautiful that is as well. They could be... Um, negative side effects to this and I'm thinking and I think I was one of the people in the group when we were discussing our projects and I was like well Elena like how do people just not go and just take whatever they want or put something maybe that's not um, that's maybe that's bad rotten or not consumable how do they keep it safe so from what I understand many of the fridges have slack channels for internal communications and to um, organize the volunteers around the fridge. And each of them has their own techniques to 
ensure food quality and that people are donating the right things. So for example, um, from the map uh, that uh, Amber created and that I'm going to share with you, uh, that map is created based on a survey where fridge organizers insert their fridge onto the map and specify, for example, which foods are good and which are not. For example, some fridges don't have a freezer, so you cannot donate frozen items. Um, it's better not to donate meat because that's a high risk of spoiling and you know having um, health issues. Um, so I would say on their social media, usually they have an info page where they say what's okay to donate and what's not. So this is the first thing. And as they describe in the Astoria Fridge, part of the reason that they started the project was to also combat food waste. So of course, all donations are welcome, but they are partnering with local delis and restaurants so that they can donate the excess food. And so I would say the first way to engage with the fridges is do a little research on social media about where your fridge is and what kind of communities around it and what they need. Because for example, some fridges might need more food donations because maybe they have a one day where the fridge is more empty than others. And so they need food donations on a certain day. Many of them have Venmo or PayPal accounts because they need funds, for example, to stock the fridge on the days when the, the food is low or to clean the fridge because the, the, what we need to consider is also that fridge needs some maintenance and the volunteers need to go in there and clean it. And this is New York City. So if you have a fridge on the outside, that might attract animals. So there, there are all of these preventative measures that need support too. This was not one of the original questions, but I wanted to talk a little bit about because you're not originally from New York City and you bring up a lot of differences between here and um, your home country and, and, and during class in so many different ways, how, how we're different, how maybe one is doing something different or even better than the other. Do you know if there's anything remotely like this um, back home and what are some of the, the, the things that were implemented in your home country that you thought, hmm, this would have been a really good idea here. I'm still stuck on when we were doing our digital pedagogy class and you were talking about accessibility, which is another huge topic for you. And you mentioned about the way that the buses operate in Italy and how they are just accessible to everyone. There's no need to do this entire thing with, with a wheelchair and here it just seems so like bulky and, and non-efficient and sometimes the bus drivers don't put the bus all the way down and people that maybe don't don't need um certain um a wheelchair or, or other walking aids but they still don't want to go from that high up all the way down i know my mom because she has a bad knee she always struggles with that so that's one of the one of the things and it's still in my mind every time i take the bus i'm like hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about maybe uh, if there is some of this effort back home and if there isn't what are some of the things that they've been doing that you think it would be good to implement here I know Italy was hit really hard with COVID-19, but in, just in general, there are different countries, there are different uh, culture, and so they do things a little differently. So as you were saying, Italy was hit really hard by COVID-19, and it was hit really hard before the U.S., so I could see what was happening before it happened here. At the same time, Italy is a place where people have very, very strong social and family bonds, so 
it's a little harder than here to be left completely alone and um, you know out of luck. Also in Italy, we have a long history of unions and mutual aid organizations and uh, also religious organizations that do a great job in their local communities. So for example, when I was in Italy throughout high school and college, I helped with food drives for a local organization in my hometown called Caritas. My neighbor was a So one thing that I really appreciated from from that organization is that they sort of simulate grocery shopping every week. So people can go there by the organization every week and get a grocery bag with a mix of things that they might want for their family. And there is a very strong bond between the volunteers and the grocers so that, you know, they know what the people might like or what their kids might like. So it's not only about food and help, it's also about establishing a relationship and making people in need feel human again and part Growing of Growing up, I know that there's definitely some of them especially here in the Bronx that I know of for sure, because my family was one of the families that would go in and, and get uh, some help um, when we needed my mom uh, being a single parent and all. But I, 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 they, it's very, it's very different. Even when I was, I was there, I had the opportunity to, to travel a little bit, not to the extent that I would like, I would love to go back and, and visit when this entire thing, like finally (laughs) gives it a rest um, a different culture and I think us here the the main issue is that even though we do try to help I think that bond is a little not as strong I want to say and it and I think it's because there's so many different cultures that we need to serve here we are a country and in a city New York City full of immigrants and I was also thinking like you know what if a community is mostly um has more like a vegan taste, or maybe there's people that are allergic to something. Maybe some communities are also uh, have to have um, kosher, kosher food and, and just thing, things like that is much more difficult, I guess, to just, as you mentioned, we have to do our research. I can't just go into someone's fridge and just say, you know, what, I'm just going to put some cheese and eggs and all these things in here just because I can. But to understand the community, I think that's like the part that that's missing um, with us here. And in, in terms of like donation in general, I think we don't think about it. We just think, oh, we have to get rid of this or we don't want it or I'm helping, I'm doing my part. But is that bond there that's, um, that's missing? So um, I know it's really early on, but how is your project going and what can other people do to help? Sure. So our project is in the initial phases. Right now we are um, going through with some research because we are using the data provided by the Astoria Fridge as a base, but we want to make sure that all the info is updated, all the addresses of the fridges are um, precise. And so we are doing a lot of uh, data cleaning. Uh, One of my teammates, Lola, is working on that. And then we are focusing on outreach um, with the local communities. We are trying to bring in fridge organizers to hear from them and hear what they need from us and what how, how we can help. For example, one of the reasons why I decided to start the archives is so that fridges could share resources with each other. For example, cleaning schedules and tips and tricks on how to uh, clean or restock the fridges or uh, sample emails that you can send to businesses to ask for their support. So. I sort of want to create a bridge between different with different fridges and help them help each other as a community and, and share their needs and their advice. So what people could do to help since we are in a very 
um, we're in the beginning phase uh, is first of all to follow us on social media to be updated on all of our initiatives. Uh, we are the Community Fridge Archive on Instagram and Facebook. We are the NY Fridge Archive on Twitter and you can reach us at communityfridgearchive at gmail.com. This is especially important if you are a fridge organizer so that we can hear from you because your advice and your you, the, the fact that we can consult with them is very important for us. And also, if you have a story about a fridge in your community that you want to share, if you have your favorite volunteer, your favorite organizer, if there is a person that's really supporting the community and you want their story to be highlighted, please reach out to us through our email, um, communityfridgearchive at gmail.com so that we can hear from you and preserve your that's story. That's awesome. I, I'm all about also like uh, preserving these these moments. And as I work on my own um, archival and memory projects, as we're in the same class, we have to think of like, not just like, like you mentioned that, um, not just like this was a problem and this is how we fixed it, but who were these people and the bond that they created that past this tragedy, past this crisis, they will still have that bond. And I hope that the community fridges continue even beyond um, COVID-19 because it's it's something that is, I, I believe that is necessary and that is beneficial. Again, not just because of the act of just donating the food and having someone in need take the food, but I think it creates this unbreakable bond. And I hope that other, and I, and I want to say that maybe other states and other places have maybe adopted a version of this um, elsewhere. Um, but it's really nice to just, you know, know that NYC, where we're from, knows how to do it and, and, has, and has it available for, for people. I want to know if there's anything else that you want to say about this food crisis. And I mean, I'm still surprised when you mentioned, you know, your report on the waste that was going on and that is still going on. Um, we don't know still how to manage it. There's there's things that by the time that they get to their destination, they're unusable because everything has been delayed and, 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 and all of that. And everything is so high priced as well now. So I don't know if you want to, you know, your final words on this and the fridges and where can people really find um, the help that they need. And I hope that your archive also maybe helps people point people in the right direction to where they can go, not just to donate, but if they actually do need food items, that they are able to, to obtain it. Here in the U.S., there is a huge problem with food waste that, that, that predates the COVID-19 emergency. Um, about 40% of food that is produced is actually thrown out, which is a huge amount, considering that many people are still going to bed hungry. The fridges are a great idea to deal with the problem locally. And so creating relationships between who produces the food and risks wasting it and the people that really need it and that don't have access to it. You know, this, this problem of food waste became even greater with the COVID-19 pandemic because the whole food system was thrown upside down. One of the main things that people don't think about is that when all the restaurants closed, all of the farms and, you know, the, the dairy farms, produce farms, animal husbandry industry that produced for these restaurants, they didn't have anybody to sell to anymore. And so they had to dump their fruits and vegetables, dump their milk, 
throw out eggs and uh, sadly euthanize animals because it was more costly to prepare the food for consumption than to just waste it. The organizers and volunteers and communities are doing an immense amount of work on top of their uh, daily stressors with the COVID-19 pandemic, their work, their families. So I just want to create a place to showcase all of the hard work that these good people are doing and to preserve their stories because it's something that is going to, in my opinion, change the face of the city for the better and create, as you were saying, permanent bonds among community members that would have never met otherwise. There is a strong intergenerational component to this because, for example, a lot of old people remained isolated with the community, with the, with the COVID-19 pandemic and the community fridges help with that. It's neighbors helping neighbors. And what I really appreciate in it is that there is a strong sense of dignity uh, for people on either side, because it's not charity, it's solidarity. It's neighbors seeing other, other people in need in their community and stepping up. I want to thank you, Elena. This was such a good and like short and sweet little piece that we did here. And I hope that whomever is listening knows and understand that there's always something that we can do, even if it is just to organize and then preserve this. This this is meant to be preserved, I, I feel, in all different, in all different levels, as we mentioned, not just with the communities. But with the food crisis, with this is like part of COVID-19, but it's also an artwork. It's so dynamic. And I'm very happy that you are preserving it and that we all get to the moment that we as neighbors stepped up. Finally, you know, I'm going to put all the links below, but is there any other links that we should know about? I will put it also down below. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. And for people outside of New York City, there is also the website fridge.org. It's F-R-E-E-D-G-E dot org. And there is a map, a map of community fridges around the country. So there are many ways that people can help. And luckily through social media, it's, it's more accessible than ever. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elena. Thank you. Thank you.